Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Many people don't believe in the spiritual world. This is the real world. Satan's demon spiritual warfare is all part of life. We don't find a demon behind every bush, but it's a real part of life. And when I see that that father says, he tries to steal what his voice is. What does Satan come to do? Steal, kill, and destroy. Exactly. And we see that everywhere. He's real. If you look at your headlines, can you see Satan behind the headlines? Oh my goodness. Most people in America don't deal with situations like the one we'll be covering today in Pastor Mark's teaching. It's important to remember that the Bible tells us that this world we're living in is going to end, and that the world we can't presently see will become the final plane of existence. It's important to remember as we look around that this world is being held in the clutches of the one that hates everyone here. Pastor Mark will be reminding us that as interns of Jesus, that we need to warn others of the danger that they're in and of the escape into freedom that is available because of the shed blood of Jesus. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now here's Pastor Mark in the book of Luke as he continues with his message, Disciples, Interns in Training. what he says in verse 35. And a voice from the cloud saying, this is my son whom I've chosen. Underline these three words. Listen to him. And when the voice had spoken, they found that Jesus was alone. The other two went back to heaven. The disciples kept this to themselves and did not tell anyone at that time what they had seen. See, Jesus took Peter, James, and John to the top of the mountain to show them that he was not just the prophet, but he was God's son. He was deity. He was God. Lesson learned, Jesus is God's son. Now, did Peter learn this lesson? Did he understand what this was about after this crazy statement? Let's stay here on the mountain. By the way, how many of you here would like to just live on the mountaintop all the time? I'd like to just live there. Everything's perfect, peaceful, whatever. How many know that ain't going to happen? We'll talk about the valleys in a moment. Did Peter learn this? Look at this. This is so powerful. Later, Peter writes an epistle. Look what he writes. For we were not making up clever stories when we told you about the powerful coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let me just stop right there. Some of you saying this morning, Pastor Mark, this is a stupid story. It isn't even real. God just spoke to you. Peter says, we're not making up this clever story. Now what are you going to do with it? When we were told about the powerful coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, we saw with our own eyes. 
his majestic splendor with our own eyes when he received honor and glory from God the Father. This is my son. Look at the rest. The voice from the majestic glory of God said to him, this is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. We ourselves heard that voice from heaven when we were with him. And why was the mountain holy? Because God's presence was there. His presence is invoking this congregation right now. God is in the house. He's holy, and we're not holy, but he's come to be with us. See, the real you is spiritual. Peter couldn't forget that. God came in person to visit them. Well, remember the words I asked you to underline? Listen to him. God was saying, Peter... He's fully man and fully God. Believe him. He's my son. Listen to him. He is God. Listen to him. He told you he's going to the cross. He is going to the cross. Listen to him. And listen to him. Peter, the reason for the internship, you're going to replace Jesus on the earth. And that's what he's saying to you and me this morning. We're Jesus on this earth, every Christian. We've replaced Jesus. We've replaced the apostles. We replaced Martin Luther and all the other great people, Spurgeon and all those. We are the replacements to represent, to know God and make him known. That's what we are. So what did we learn from this? This is a huge principle. Many of us have a dog or a cat. Cat doesn't matter. They didn't listen to you anyway. But <laughs> by the way, the build dogs in heaven, but no cats in heaven. They just can't make it. They're ashamed. They just walk off to the corn. Don't email me. I have fun with it. Okay. Here's what I want you to write this morning. Following Jesus requires listening and obeying. Listen to him doesn't mean, oh, nice words. To my dog, that's pretty much it. But to you and I, it means obey him. So what he's saying to the disciples, look, when you listen to him, what he tells you to do, do it. Deny yourself. Take up your cross. Follow me. Do it. Don't just listen to the words. Do it. Get right. Finish it up. Now, you say, well, Pastor Mark, that's nice. I like it. Makes a lot of sense to me. But I don't hear God's voice. Well, you've heard it this morning. It's through a five foot seven 72-year-old, great-looking guy. Do you know you've heard the voice of God this morning? You have it in your lap. He's been speaking to you the whole time. He's still here. His presence is here. This is all truth. Bet your life on it. It's the only stable bet in the world. The Word of God's living and active. Well... We all said we like to stay on the mountain, but it doesn't work. Look at verse 37. The next day, when they came down from the mountain, a large crowd met him. A man in the crowd cried out, Teacher, I beg you to look at my son, for he's my only child. I want you to write this down. You'll understand it as you write it down. Real life. Real life 
is lived on the mountaintops. You'll see it in a moment. But realistically, where is real life lived? Tell me. In the valleys. Real life is lived on the mountaintops. But most of life is lived where? In the valleys. In the difficult times. In this room, some of you this morning are on the mountaintop. Enjoy it. Some of you are in the valley. He's with you. And we're going to pray for that at the end because that's the way life is. Mountaintops, valleys. They've been enjoying the mountaintop. Everything's great. They come down to real life. Jesus said, no, 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 we don't live up here. I'm not, I'm not building a condominium and living up here. I came to meet people. Do you know that people are messy? Do you know that? We have all kinds of messes in our lives. And that's exactly what he was trying to say to them. Most of life has lived in the valley. Now, when you see that, What was the father trying to say? Look at verse 39. A spirit seizes him, my boy, and he suddenly screams. It throws him into convulsions so that he foams at the mouth. It scarcely ever leaves him and is destroying him. I begged your disciples, the other nine that were left below, to drive it out, but they could not. They prayed for this boy, but nothing changed. The book of Mark says, The spirit was robbing him of his speech. I asked the disciples to drive out the spirit, but they could not. Do you know a lot of people, when you hear the things about the spirit here, demons, satanic, whatever, many people don't believe in the spiritual world. This is the real world. Satan's demon spiritual warfare is all part of life. We don't find a demon behind every bush, but it's a real part of life. And when I see that that father says, he tries to steal what his voice is, what does Satan come to do? Steal, kill, and destroy. Exactly. And we see that everywhere. He's real. If you look at your headlines, can you see Satan behind the headlines? Oh my goodness. Now, what is Jesus going to say when nine of his disciples failed? Well, look at verse 41. You unbelieving and perverse generation, Jesus replied, how long shall I stay with you and put up with you? And then Jesus simply says this, bring your son here. Why did these nine fail? I don't know. But we do know this. In chapter 9, at the beginning... Jesus brought all 12 together and said, I'm giving you, before he went to the cross, I'm giving you my power, God's ability, and I'm giving you the authority to use it. And they went out and they preached the gospel and people got saved. They touched people, they got healed, and they cast out demons. And they came back and said, wow, this is fantastic. This is the same nine, but now nothing. Why? I don't know. Let me give you a couple, three things. Because I thought about myself, the exact same thing. Maybe they lack faith. Perhaps they hadn't been praying and fasting. Maybe they forgot they had God's power and authority. But the one God spoke to me about is this one. Maybe they were trying to operate in their own wisdom and power. Oh, you, you brought your son to us? Yeah, I'm a disciple of Jesus. No problem for me, baby. He said, Pastor Mark, they wouldn't think like that. You wait till next week. You know what they say to Jesus? Which one of us are the greatest? Don't make fun of them. 
we're the same. And I thought of myself. You see, if I'm here or any pastor is teaching anywhere, doesn't matter where, and they're teaching in their own ability, you should leave the church. Nothing's going to happen. God doesn't honor man's ability. And I ask God, help me, never to go through the motions in teaching. You know, I've been doing this for a long time. And I need God's help every single time I teach. And by the way, you say, well, that was great for those disciples, but I'm a Christian. I don't have that power and authority. Matthew 28, go into all the world, great commission for every single person. And my power and authority is with you. You have, as a Christian this morning, the power and authority. Now, we're not running around carrying out demons all that time and stuff, but you have the power and authority from God. And most Christians want to live their life in their own ability. doesn't work. So Jesus says, bring, bring the boy to me. Now, when we talk about this, I want you to write this down because maybe this is a challenge for you. The disciples are on this roller coaster. Sometimes they do really well and sometimes they fail. Look at this one. The need for faith and prayer to believe that Jesus, they had Jesus' power and authority. You have that ability to open your mouth and witness. You have that ability to share the love of God with people. When people accept Christ, you can say to them, your sins are forgiven. That's what the Bible says. Now, when that boy comes to Jesus, some of you are already thinking, and you'll see in a moment that he just casts them out. But do you know that this is true? That every average person has that ability if God opens the door. Let me tell you two true stories very quickly, really quickly. I was in Asia. I just heard the testimonies from pastors and their elders in the church. Absolutely true. All over Asia, two stories. First one, this pastor and these elders, little teeny church in an Asian country, and a woman in the town had gotten pregnant over the years six times and lost every single child. Now, we know that happens medically, lots of things, whatever. So she got so disheartened, she came to church. She, you know, she's a Hindu. She didn't believe in God. And as they were praying for her, they sensed an evil spirit in her. She didn't know it. They cast the spirit out with the power of God. The demon left. She's a mother with a brand new baby this morning. You say, well, I don't believe that. Shame on you. That's the power of God. Do you understand that? It's a real spiritual world. She has a live baby this morning. It was never medical. It is many times. Second story. I love this one like crazy. This church is growing like crazy. It's a small church, but it's growing. And so they're looking for a building to rent. And they see this building and they go to this owner and say, we'd like to rent this building. And the owner says, oh, you don't want to rent this building what do you mean, why don't I rent this building? We'd like to rent this building. It's in the perfect place. He said, this building's been empty for 15 years. I can't rent it to anybody. What do you mean you can't? We want to rent it. Oh, I can't rent it because a demon came and told me, if anybody rents this building, you'll be killed. And they'll be killed. They said, we want to rent the building. Okay. No, I didn't really tell him he was going to be killed, but the people that rented it would be killed. So they bought it for like no money, almost like nothing. And he's like, happy days, happy days. And they went around the building, cast out all the demons, and the church is thriving in a very cheap location this morning. 
Now that's only God. That's not man. We didn't have to do this to the property. It's okay. But that's a true story. What does Satan come to do? Steal, kill, and destroy. But he came to give life a brand new baby and a brand new growing, thriving church with the power of God. Well, look at verse 42. Even while the boy was coming, the demon threw him to the ground in a convulsion. Now, why would the demon do that? Did the demon know Jesus? Absolutely. He knew it was over. He was trying to continue in control. But Jesus rebuked the impure spirit, healed the boy, and gave him back to his father. And they were all amazed at the greatness of God. Not the greatness of Jesus, not the greatness of the disciples, but the greatness of God. How great is our God. Love that song, don't you? You serve a great God this morning. No name higher than the name of Jesus. And while everyone was marveling at all that Jesus did, he said to his disciples, listen carefully to what I'm about to tell you. The Son of Man is going to be delivered in the hands of men. But they did not understand what this meant. It was hidden from them so that they did not grasp it and they were even afraid to ask him. What does that simply mean? That brings it down to real life for you and me. The disciples are a picture of you, a picture of me. They were still a work in progress. They were learning some lessons, and then they forgot some lessons. And some they couldn't grasp. They simply couldn't grasp that the Messiah was going to be killed. It made no sense to them at all. You know, there'll be confusion in your life in mine. We know this is true. But sometimes, like one of the fathers in the Bible, Jesus said, do you believe? He says, I believe. Help my unbelief. See, sometimes there's successes in our lives. And sometimes there's failure. This was a failure. Nine disciples. Week before, yeah, failure. Remind you of anybody? Reminds me of me. Sometimes I have great faith. Sometimes I have a little faith. How about you? See, and you'll see that Jesus doesn't dish him and say, okay, Father, that's enough. 12 new ones next week, please. I've had enough. Aren't you glad he hasn't said 12 new ones? Okay, amen. Here's what I want you to write. This is the whole crux of the teaching this weekend. Here's one right. Here it is. Remain teachable, even through failure. Remain teachable. It's okay. He knows we don't get it all the time. Listen to Jesus and follow him. Everybody here is a work in progress. He's a gracious God. He ministered to us. You may be on the mountaintop, but tomorrow could be the valley. I don't know. None of that changes the issue because our God is amazingly great. In the Old Testament, remember we told you about the cloud was kind of a, the presence of God. I want you to see this amazing picture in the Old Testament. The children of Israel were freed 
from Egypt by Moses after 400 years of bondage. And they didn't know their way to the promised land. They didn't have Google Direct, Google Maps. They didn't know how to get there. Moses didn't know how to get there. But look what God does. This is an amazing verse. Feel the presence of God as you even, as I read this. Exodus 13, 21. The Lord went ahead of them. He guided them during the day with a pillar of cloud. And he provided light at night with the pillar of fire. So as they did life during the day, his presence, pillar of cloud. If they had to travel at night because of situations, his presence, pillar of fire. Look at the outcome. This allowed them to travel by day or by night. And the Lord did not remove the pillar of cloud or the pillar of fire from its place in front of the people. See, God's presence was in front of the people. That's why we're called followers. We follow him. He knows where to go. He knows the end of the mountain that the valley's coming. He knows you that are in the valley and struggling. The end is coming. The mountain is coming. But look at the next. It's so powerful. Next part of the verse. And he's in front of the people. Let me ask you a question this morning right now. It's in front of you. Say, Pastor Mark, if I could live in those days, that'd be fantastic. You live in a much better day. Because the minute you became a Christian, the Holy Spirit, the cloud, came to live inside of you. And sometimes we forget that. You have the very presence of God inside of you this morning. Do you know that? Do you understand that? So you can be led. I can be led. And in a moment, I'm going to ask all of us to stand. I'm going to pray for us. If you this morning are in a valley, I want to pray for you. I want you to understand the greatness of God, that he knows you're there. His presence is there. If you're on the mountaintop, enjoy it. He's given us great things to enjoy. But realize it isn't whether it's on the mountaintop or the valley. God never leaves you. He never forsakes you. He's inside of you. He'll go before you. He'll guide you. He'll direct your life. Second, some of you, if you would die right now, you have no idea where you would go. You have no assurance that you would go to heaven. That's because you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And that's why you've come and you're searching, you're trying to find meaning, you're trying to put A together with B and it doesn't match. Can I just say this morning, if you just ask Christ to come into your life, he'll change it forever. One of the hard things about being an active follower of Christ is having our eyes open to not just the pain and misery in our world, but seeing the motivating forces of darkness behind them. Pastor Mark reminded us today to not shy away from warning the perishing about their condition. He also encouraged us to remember from where we came and to reach out with compassion and love when we share Jesus with others. Maybe you're listening right now and God has placed a certain person on your heart that needs to hear this message. Or maybe you'd like to share it with all of your friends. 
here's a simple way to share this message. Log on to Lessons for Living Radio and click on the radio program option in the main menu. There, you'll find the Lessons for Living media player. In the Messages tab, simply click on today's date. Then you can share today's message directly on your Facebook page, Twitter feed, or send a link via email. You can even embed today's message directly. Again, to share today's message with friends and family members, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Click on the radio program button, then simply click on today's date. You'll find all the options to share. This ends Pastor Mark's teaching on being an intern of Jesus. Next time, he will be carrying on in the book of Luke, chapter 9, where we'll begin with the disciples being the disciples. We'll find them in one of their petty squabbles again, needing Jesus to set them straight. Don't forget, we'd probably not act much differently, so be sure to pay close attention to what Jesus has to say to his friends. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue teaching through this series, Everyday Life of Jesus. That's next time on Lessons for Living. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.